I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, Episode 60. The family is central to the Creator's plan, studying the family, a proclamation to the world, with special guest, Brittany Miller. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come-follow-me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter of God, just trying to get home, and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home, too. So was there anything when you were reading that kind of just like stood out originally, like just going through that, like kind of stuck out to you? Um, I think in the beginning, like the first maybe half of it, I feel like a lot of it is focused more on our pre-mortal mm-hmm. journey in families. And then the last half of it was like, okay, here's kind of like what we should focus on in mortality. So I like having the eternal perspective beforehand before we focus on like the mortal perspective. Yeah. Um, but it's always just nice to review like the plan of salvation and how, like how that all fits together. Um, and then the other thing that stuck out to me is I felt like the, that the things in the family proclamation, excuse me, the family proclamation were like directed toward an individual first Mm -hmm. before directed towards like a family unit as a whole. Sometimes we think the family proclamations, like here's like what the ideal family looks like. Mm -hmm. But for me, I think it was like a instruction of individuality and um, like an individual's relationship with the Lord and how they should like put that together first before, like before forming a family. Yeah, That's kind I of think, what I thought. I like that. I think that, because um, that was one of the things I highlight, because the way that I usually do it is I basically read through and we'll put what stands out to me. I'll highlight it and then stick it all in a Word doc. So I'm only looking at what stuck out to me. I'm not like, there's not all everything else also. And then I reread it. I get like sit it for a day and then reread it and it kind of hits differently sometimes. And one of yeah. the things I thought was really cool was where it talks about it says each beloved spirit um son or daughter of heavenly parents and um each is a beloved spirit son or daughter of heavenly parents and as such has a divine nature and destiny and as far as i know i might be completely wrong because this was like early 90s right early proclamation or the family proclamation. as far as i know that's like the first official mention of heavenly parents Right. This oh yeah. Is the first time that we've talked about, cause I feel like a lot of people look at the church sometimes and look at members and they're like, you believe in two gods? What? Like, because we have heavenly parents and it's one of those things for me that it's just like, well, of course we do. Like, why wouldn't we have a heavenly father and not have a heavenly mother? Like that doesn't make any sense why he would command us that we, it's not good for man to be alone, that we have to be married couples and create these beautiful families. If he's up there, like chilling all by himself, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that partnership has to exist. Um, and so I feel like this is one of those first moments that we kind of see that. Um, and then the second part I highlighted was, um, the first commandment that God gave to Adam and Eve pertained to their potential for parenthood as husband and wife. And again, this is like Mm -hmm. that partnership. Um, Jake and I had the chance to go to the temple yesterday for the first time since March, 2020. Um, And it was, first of all, like 
changes were awesome, were super cool. Um, and we, it would just, there are a lot of things we we're sitting in the celestial room talking about it afterwards. And like, there's a lot of things, I mean, a lot of it's pretty much the same. Um, they kind of just cut out some fluff yeah. here and there, but yeah, like it was, it was one of the things where there were things that just hit differently that I was like, Oh, I never thought about that before. Or like those things where you realize something and you're like, Oh, duh. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's how yeah. this yeah. is where it's like, of course, heavenly father, the first commandment God gives is pertaining to the parenthood, the potential parenthood as husband and wife. Right. Um, and I think that right. sometimes we, at least I do tend to forget that that's the part that came first, not the, e- the eating the fruit thing came after that was like a, Hey, by the way, also don't do right. this. Um, but the first thing is go yeah. and re- replenish the earth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I feel like one day when we're gone from this life and, you know, either we're back in the presence of God and he's, you know, or even maybe, maybe it happens when we die. I'm not sure, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Oda moments for us. (laughs) Oh, that's how that works. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just going to be like, oh, of course it's that way. Why wouldn't it be that way? So I, I have a lot of faith in heavenly father's plan that it's really going to work out, but it's really hard to have that perspective when Mm -hmm. things aren't going ideally. Yeah. And I think that that's something like, um, I have what I call my Adam's belly button list of like, did Adam have a belly button? I don't don't know. Is it necessary for eternal salvation to know whether or not that Adam had a belly button? No, it's not. Is it kind of something that would be cool to know? Yeah. You know, um, and, (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny because I actually have never thought of that. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, wait. It's like the chicken or the egg. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But um, there's a lot of those things where I kind of, I'm like, I have, I have no idea. I have no idea how this works. I have no idea why this is this way, but I do know heavenly father's in charge. He is a just and loving God who wants us home. He's not a referee that's trying to throw us out of the game. You know what I mean? He's not sitting up there and he's right. like, oh, oh, Donica, Donica yelled at the kids. That's negative 10 blessings or, you know what I mean? Like he, he definitely wants yeah. us to come home. He's given us all the tools to be able to come back to him and he, it's going to work out somehow. Like I remember yeah. we were talking one time about because my husband's parents were married in the temple. They had three kids. They were divorced. That, that ceiling between the two of them was broken. And then his mom remarried and was sealed to someone new. His dad remarried and was sealed to someone new. And we were talking about it one time. It's like, how does that, how does that even work? Like, how does that, who's Jake sealed to? And I was like, uh, right. Yeah. Right. So it's one of those things where it's like heavenly father's in charge. I don't know how, I think it's going to be a dumb moment. Absolutely. Like we get up there and like, Oh, duh. Obviously this is how this works. Yeah. Um, So, um, the other thing I thought, um, I love, this is part that stands out to me every time I read the proclamation and I'm like, I need to just put this on the wall, just this part where it says happiness in family life is most likely to be achieved when founded upon the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
successful marriages and families are established and maintained on principles of faith, prayer, repentance, forgiveness, respect, love, compassion, work, and wholesome recreational activities. Um, I did highlight that section and said that that's my, that's actually my very favorite part of the whole family acclimation. So I agree. (laughs) I think sometimes it feels so overwhelming, all the things that we feel like we have to do. And they break it down. They're like, listen, if you want successful marriage and family, here's what you base it on. And the first three things, or for, let's do the first four, faith, prayer, repentance, forgiveness. And those are like, we, we know these things, you know, and if you're starting there, I feel like the rest of it will come. And then also Mm -hmm. figuring out your list of wholesome recreational activities is always going to be fun. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Let's see. Um, yeah, those are, that is the doctrine of Christ. Also, if you, I don't know if you served a mission, but it's like when you, when you teach the, the doctrine of Jesus Christ, it's faith, repentance, baptism, um, and then enduring to the end. So yeah. it's just like, that is, that is the, the doctrine of Christ. That's what, I don't know. That's, I'm like, if I need to, if I need to center back on Jesus Christ, then I just focus on those things. Yep. And I think that that's, we, I think as humans, we have a tendency to make things way more complicated than they need to be. Heavenly father's like, no, 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 this is very simple. I gave you like, I know being, being like God sounds intimidating and hard. So I'm going to send my son who is going to be born just the same way that you guys are. And he's going to go through really hard things, just like you guys will sometimes some harder things than you will ever have to. And he'll get it. He'll understand right. exactly everything for you. And, and he's going to be there to show you, show you the way. And he's going to be there to help you when you inevitably mess up on your way, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, I had my, this perspective as a mother, I wrote this down um, or maybe I marked it in my notes, but I felt like, oh, I can do that. I I was like, this makes me feel like a good mom. The part in the paragraph before where it says parents have a sacred duty to rear their children in love and righteousness, to provide for their physical and spiritual needs, and to teach them to love and serve one another, obey, observe the commandments of God and be law-abiding citizens where they live. I was like, oh, I, I was like this, when I put it this way, that takes a lot less stress off of me as a parent because I feel like I have these like thousand expectations of me as a mother and I feel like I'm not living up to any of them (laughs) but when I read it there like okay we need to love like rear our children in love and righteousness provide for their spiritual and physical needs so like feed them and make sure we're saying prayers with them as much as we can (laughs) and then teach them to love and serve one another obey observe the commandments of God and be a law-abiding citizens I was like okay I can do that I'm doing good things yeah like I'm not a failure nowhere in here does it say I have to bake them stuff from scratch every single day it just says provide physical needs mcdonald's counts as a physical yes. need <laughs> does it it doesn't say in there i have to be perfect at gentle parenting but it does <laughs> say that gentle parenting probably would help them to feel more loved and rear them in righteousness yeah. but i don't have to be perfect at it well luckily one of the things that's uh is 
necessary for a successful family is also forgiveness. So when I don't gentle parent, what I'm doing is offering my children the opportunity to practice forgiveness. <laughs> yes, that's what we're doing. <laughs> hey, I'm giving this opportunity to forgive. You better <laughs> please, please, it. please forgive me. <laughs> Seriously. Be like Jesus. I'm trying. <laughs> I think that, I mean, okay. So my kids yesterday, my husband's really into sea shanties right now. And so we've been singing a lot of like, you know, um, what do you do with a drunken sailor? And like, that's yes. what's going on. And so I had it stuck in my head and I'm like, we're on our way to the temple. Like I should have something, not this <laughs> stuck in my head. And my kids, we had, they did the primary program a couple of weeks back and the primary presidency gave us a CD. And like, so they'd been listening to that in the car. And I hear all my kids quietly singing. I'm trying to be like Jesus. And I was like, oh, this is so sweet. But there is a part in it that just stuck out to me this time that I don't know why I never heard it before, but it was um, be gentle and loving indeed and in thought. And I think that that's not just for us outwardly to be gentle and loving to others in our deeds, but also in thought, right? To be gentle and loving to ourselves in our thoughts. Um, and I was talking to Jake about, I was like, you know, it's interesting. People will be like, they'll describe themselves as brutally honest as though that's a really good thing. And I'm like, nothing about honesty demands that it's brutal. Like you can be right. gently honest. I want to be gently honest. Um, but I was thinking about how with kids, with this, with all of it, the song isn't, I am being like Jesus. It's I'm trying to be like Jesus because I love that we're going to mess it up a lot. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It's nature of the beast. <laughs> right. And I mean, in this, this whole example of, I mean, this is where our kids are going to learn Christ-like attributes the most is in our families. And that's where me as a parent, I feel like I am learning the most Christ-like attributes be- because I'm parenting children mm-hmm. and because I have a spouse that as imperfect and I'm imperfect and we're working together. Um, so yeah, I can understand why the Lord would place us in families and create that unit so that we can learn and grow. I mean, because that's the whole point of being on this earth is we're supposed to have a physical body and learn and grow. And he didn't say, okay, I'm going to give you a body and you're all going to be on your own figured out good luck like he's like yeah (laughs) he's like let's create this family unit because I want to give you every opportunity that you can to succeed and it's hard when we see others that aren't in the ideal situation but you know there is even something in the family proclamation that says like extended family should you know lend support when needed yeah and even if you know I mean we're all extended family in a sense so it's like we should all be lending support to one another yeah I was talking to, I teach the, um, 10 and 11 year olds in primary. Uh And, um, we were talking about the pre-mortal existence and they were saying, there's something about like, well, do we have to love even like Hitler, you know, cause they're 11 year old boys. And I was like, here's the thing. Here's the coolest thing that I could probably ever teach you that, at some point in the pre-mortal mortal existence, when Heavenly Father presented the plan and Satan was like, no, that's a dumb plan. We're not going to do that. And he took off with the one third. Every single human being you will ever meet on this planet who has ever walked this planet, even guys like Stalin and Hitler, at some point were on God's side and said, yeah, I'm going to follow God at right. some point because that's how they got here. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. You know what I mean? And right. so I think that that's something that we're at some point, 
we were all playing on the same team. And so I think reminding ourselves of that lends a lot more compassion when we remember it's like we're, we're kindergarten soccer. Sometimes we're going to take the ball from our teammates, but it's not because we're trying to be mean. It's because we don't know what the crap we're doing down here. <laughs> we don't remember which goal is ours and oh look a butterfly, you know, <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> you know, we're all on the same team here. And I think that for me, that helps me be more compassionate when people are taking my ball away, you know? Exactly. Yes. I love that. Um, I also um, highlighted that se- that same section and I love the part afterwards where, I mean, I say loved, but it's, it's one of those ones that kind of is like, hey, make sure you're doing what you need to be doing. It's husbands and wives, mothers and fathers will be held accountable before God for the discharge of these obligations. Essentially, like if you don't do these things, then your children's actions are going to relate back to you because you have the obligation to teach them these like it's one thing to teach them and then send them on their way they're going to have their agency they're going to choose whatever they're going to choose but it's another thing to be like no they'll choose whatever they choose and like teach them nothing and just bye (laughs) you know um and so I think that sometimes it's like okay I know that I am doing my best to try and teach my children what they do with that I don't know but I'm fulfilling my part of this you know Mm -hmm. yeah and in the same vein though I I feel the expectation and the burden lifted when I think about um you know if I'm if I am perfect at this this and this then my children will have been equipped with all of the knowledge that they need and then they can make the decisions that they want to. Yeah. Cause I know that I'm not going to be perfect. And, and yeah. I think about our heavenly parents, they're perfect. They make, they love perfectly. They make every decision perfectly. Their plan is perfect. Yet all of their children make mistakes. Every so, single, except like, for one, Ooh. they have one except really, really one. perfect kid. <laughs> the rest of us are screwed. <laughs> so one out of the several quadrillion (laughs) I'm like okay I my burden is lifted I don't have to be perfect because or like I don't have to look at my children and be like oh you you've done this mistake it must be a reflection of how horrible horrible the parents are yeah hang on I'm doing something but so that's like my I'm less less inclined to be like you're making mistakes so that must mean that I'm a bad parent because it's not it really isn't well, and sometimes kids are just kids. You know? Yeah. Like, yes, ma'am. I think okay, about how, like you said, like Heavenly Father loves all of us perfectly. Uh-huh. And how um, we're, I was talking to somebody about it one time and about how, how cool it would be if we could take the love that we feel for other people and like shove it at them so they could uh-huh. just feel it. You know, like, oh, yeah. I love my husband so much, he can feel the love I have for him, but he can't, right. He can feel loved by me when I do things Mm -hmm. that make him think that I love him. But, Mm -hmm. um, cause if, if we could, if it worked that way, we would never feel unloved because we are all unconditionally loved by our heavenly parents. And we would never experience Mm -hmm. what it is to be unloved because, Mm -hmm. but because that's not how love works you know, does that make sense? Like, like, and I think that's true with a lot of parenting and with a lot of, um, mothering for me, obviously mom, especially 
um, where I love my kids and I want to do the best I can for them. But sometimes what I'm doing doesn't translate for them in that way. Right. I'm just the meanest mom ever. Mm-hmm. because I won't let them play ride bikes in the middle of the road, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, but I think, um, the other thing I wanted to talk about that I think a lot of times gets misunderstood and then I think we're almost out of time, but, um, is, we have, you know, fathers are to preside over their families in love and righteousness and are responsible mm-hmm. to provide for the necessities of life and protection for their families. And then mothers are primarily responsible for the nurture of the children. And then for both of them in these sacred responsibilities, fathers and mothers are obligated to help one another as equal partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of times people read this and think, oh, fathers are the only ones who are allowed to provide for their families. Mothers are the only ones allowed to nurture their children. And I'm like, no, that's not what it says. We're it's like you have to read the next sentence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fathers primarily should be doing this. Mothers primarily should be doing this because we have spiritual gifts that have been given to us that will serve us in those roles. But yes. also sometimes life happens mm-hmm. um, and dad has to stay home with the kids for whatever reason and mom has to go to work or it's single parents and mom or dad is doing everything, you know? And I think that heavenly father doesn't love people less because that family unit doesn't look the ideal. It doesn't look Mm -hmm. perfect, you know? Um, but they're also obligated to help each other. And so sometimes the way that we show up for each other is going to be different. Like for right now at this moment, my husband is the one who is nurturing our children because I'm not right. with them. <laughs> you know right. I mean? yeah. And, um, and so I think that we lose sometimes when other people talk about it. people outside of the church, I should say, see the proclamation. And they think, Oh, this is so 1950s and it's not the heavenly father mm-hmm. is very aware of all of us. Um, but he also is saying, in the ideal situation, this is what it will look like. And this is where we will find the most peace. This is where we will find mm-hmm. the most um, happiness, you know? Mm-hmm. And even in the beginning, it talks about um, how gender is an essential characteristic mm-hmm. and it will help define our roles in the eternities. Yep. But our, our like knowledge and view of gender roles is so very mortal, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's had to be certain ways for so long because of, you know, survival and all of this stuff. But, you know, even as gender roles change and things, I'm, I'm like, there's, there's no one, I don't know. I, you do know what I mean? Like yeah. our, my, my view of a gender role is so very mortal that I'm sure, like I said, when we die, that our view of like, okay, this is what our role is in the eternities is going to be like, oh, duh. Yep. Uh, of course it's like all of these things because it's just our view is so so very small you know but I like, think there are things that we assign yes I think there are things that we assign to gender roles that don't have a gender role like cooking right, right? like right yeah like That's oh well, the mom should be the one who cooks I'm like well then why are yeah. most professional chefs men <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> right? you know I think there are things that we arbitrarily assign as oh this is part of that gender's role and this is part of that gender's role and it's like yeah no heavenly father has things that are necessary and are defining but I don't think cooking and cleaning 
come under that right. or I don't think you know what I mean or like getting up at night with the kids like it doesn't, yeah. it's not just the mom's job you know what I yeah. mean I, I get yep. that so. so um any last thoughts let me double check but I think <laughs> I pretty much covered everything um it's been a joy yes, yes. I just I'm just grateful for the the family proclamation and the chance to study it because I feel like my testimony of, of the savior has grown and of the atonement mm-hmm. and um, even just my faith in the plan of salvation. I know that like, I mean, it's really called the plan of happiness for a reason. The, yep. the heavenly father's plan is for us to, to be happy. And so I love all of the examples he gives, like, you know, wholesome recreational activities. Like those are, those are yep. things that will bring us joy. So yeah. if you're lacking joy in your family life, like look at those things and see where you can, you know, bring, incorporate more of that in. Absolutely. I love that. All right. Well, it's good to chat with you. Well, yeah. Same. Fun at your hair appointment. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. go and have a good, <laughs> yes. Oh, good. And have good Thanksgiving. You too. Okay. Okay. All Bye. right. See ya. Bye.